Happy Monday. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined by a bunch of testosterone here at the table today. Stu, what's the top story for you? <laughs> Never no, I thought you said there was testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Um, uh, there are 411 people, I think, now running for president in the Democratic Party. <laughs> We're going to, we, we do this thing called power rankings, where we uh, get a nice little formula that figures out who is the you know, least likely to win the nomination, who's the most likely. We're going to count down all 411. This is going to be our special nice. six-hour episode of The uh, Reason Why It Matters. I wasn't, I didn't sign up for that. Uh, I, you'll I love it. It's going to be great. about time. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> all right, Andrew. Something is warping democracy, and I'm going to reveal it and come up with a cure. Wow. All right. Wow, what a tease. Nice. No kidding. Uh, I'm going to talk about something I am all too familiar with uh, working at this network, being falsely accused. <laughs> all right, I'll- yeah, can't it's wait a lot of evidence, it. but whatever. You know. Yeah, thank you. A uh, lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. So summer is coming up, mm-hmm. and usually that's when we you know, do things like go to beaches half-clothed mm-hmm. and go to the pools. Jeffy, I mean, I, that's... Well, Jeffy doesn't wear any clothes when he goes to the <laughs> no, beach, but I'm talking good. about the rest of us. I wore a seersucker suit because I went to college. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you're proving that point in the sand. But if, you, if you're someone who is trying to get some extra weight off, look good for summer, uh, and you just can't figure out how to do it, try Ridizone. It is the good molecule in olive oil that helps boost your metabolism, reduce your appetite. I use it. It works beautifully for me. Um, I would know also, let me just point out, because being the, as Glenn once dubbed me, the former fat chick mm. here at the Blaze. Nice of him. I, I know, I, but it really stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt good. Sorry about that. <laughs> so um, that was me. Uh, I know how hard it is to lose weight, maintain the weight loss. Um, and, you know, I know what works and what doesn't. I'm telling you, Ridizone works. Go to R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Enter promo code The Blaze. You can get 30% off of a three-month supply right now. That'll get you into summer, and you can feel good and you can look good on the beach or by the pool or wherever with Ridizone at Ridizone.com. Stu, power rankings. Yes, so... Can we just, like, do we have to do all 400? Well, and, yeah, oh, definitely. we got to give these people their due. They're running for president. They yeah. could be leading the free they world at any time. Uh, so we've got 20 candidates in the race now. Uh, we do this, uh, just to give you a quick outline before we get into this, there's a, uh, we have a formula that we've kind of worked on for the past few months. That it takes about 30 or 31 categories of stuff like polling and fundraising and you know, organizational stuff and you know, all sorts of different uh, measures of how the campaign is doing, um, you know, how many fundraisers, uh, how many endorsements, all the stuff that could, you know, kind of formulates uh, who could, you know, who could be winning this nomination. Uh, and then we plug it into our little system. It spits out a score zero to 100. And then we bring it to you. So 20 candidates. Uh, we start with number 20 is Wayne Messam. Now, you might not know who <laughs> Wayne Messam is. He's the mayor of Miramar, Florida. Uh, I mean, obviously, we all you know, knew that. Well, Mir- Miramar proper or one of the surrounding satellite cities? I'm not, I wouldn't want to commit to Miramar okay. proper. Right. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not Miramar Metro. Yeah. It's just Miramar. Uh, he's got a score of 13.4 on a scale of 1 to 100. He does not look like he's going to be your next president, but he is mm-hmm. running. Uh, and, they, you know, there's all these kind of crazy candidates. There's a bunch of them out there. These are like actual people who are holding office that we've included in here or someone serious of campaign. At uh, number 19 is uh, Marianne Williamson. Now, she is kind of a... Uh, guru of uh, has no idea who she is. New Age Guru, I would say. Is that a real picture of her? Or no, is that, that just is like not. a drawing. <laughs> if, if so, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, she, 
What's that? What, that's that meme that's going around on the internet with like the scary girl who's like uh, freaking everybody. Momo or whatever. Yeah. That's oh, Momo. Yeah. She's, she's related to Momo. I think mother. The mother of Momo in this particular. Uh, I, I have. We do have to work on this. They put the cartoons in there because I guess they had rights to them. I'm like they're kind of weird. So, but whatever. I don't really know if this is. Anyway, uh, so uh, she's at uh, 17.1. She wants to give at least 100 billion dollars uh, for reparations. So, mm, in case if you good. think she said anything less than 100 billion is an insult. Which is great. This is great. She's very good at spending your money, so you might like her. She also happened to find my email. I'm getting emails really? from this lady. Yeah. You know what? I'm not, not your target. No, actually, you are because because you, you have a little bit of you have a little bit. Sarah's got a little bit of this new age thing going on. Oh, I do. And and that is who she is. She's actually was Oprah's and and you know a lot of famous people, the Kardashians, and she's kind of like their new age guru. And she's run for office one other time. And uh, it's it's interesting because her entire chance here, if she had one, was to be like Kim Kardashian, like shilling her, like she's the new right. fire festival. Like she, you need to be at that level. Uh, and uh, it, it, they tried it last time she ran for Congress and she still finished fourth. So I don't know how she's going to get to the presidency. But, like, you know, if, if Oprah were to come out and say, you know what, my new age guru is running for president, like, that could change her in an, an instant, Absolutely. change her uh, fortunes here. And no, she may be competitive. So no. Sarah's on board. We know who Sarah wants. Uh, number 18, let's see, uh, John Delaney. Now, John Delaney is, is actually, yes, that is a real picture. <laughs> He's running for um, uh, for uh, president as well. He's been running since, approx- I think, July 2017 is when he announced. So a long time. Wow. He's had quite the runway here. Uh, so he, based on seniority, he's yes, winning. he is. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. That's one way to look All at right. the race. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize he also, was so potent. He also finished fifth in fundraising, uh, which is pretty impressive, except that 97% of the money came from his own bank account. <laughs> so that is a little bit... Le- it it just tells me that John, John Delaney's committed to yes, the John Delaney cause. Really, John Delaney has one major supporter, and his name is John Delaney. So is he, is he going to be the Lincoln Chafee of, of 2020? Well, I, I haven't heard his metric position yet. Okay. All right. um, uh, but uh, he actually, I would say Delaney, if a Democrat had to be elected, he might be one we would actually be more friendly to. I know uh, our friend Andrew Heaton here uh, is, uh, loves to talk up John Hickenlooper, but yeah, I think you should look at Delaney as a, yeah. as a possible. Okay. He's a guy who's actually against Medicare for all. He's spoken oh. out, uh, spoken about the benefits of capitalism. Again, he's way Whoa. too liberal. Oh, yeah, he, so he's like a, like a math Democrat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like uh, the math Democrats. Yeah. I wish there were more of them. Yeah, there's not too many these <laughs> yeah. days. And this is why Delaney is in 18th place and he's been <laughs> running forever, so this is the problem. Uh, 17, uh, Eric Swalwell. Uh, oh, running a big, like, anti-gun campaign. He's on CNN and MSNBC all the time saying whatever outlandish left-wing thing he can say to get into a media cycle. This is really just a play about, um, you know, his uh, his profile. This yeah. is a profile. This is play. a, it's a not future a real book thing. sale? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, he wants to be on. He wants to be a guest on Rachel Maddow every other day. So that's what he's trying to do. He's got a score of 20.2 out of a 100. Uh, 16th is Seth Moulton. You're kind of in the same category here. Seth uh, was a veteran, uh, so he's done more with his life than I will ever do with mine. However, he has very little chance to win. He's actually telling this anecdote on the campaign tour. Where he's like, look, uh, I just want everyone. I, had, was, I was asking, getting questions from the audience. And I said, look, I'll take any tough question. I'm a guy who will take tough questions. That's part of my job. I mean, I, anything, really, and just silence from the crowd. And then finally someone spoke up in the back and said, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> that is a, an anecdote. I'm not making it up about it. It's one he's telling on the campaign t- trail right now. I think that, I, that beats the who was it, Gillibrand, who was like, I'm, I'm just trying to get some ranch. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right, the ranch lady. I forgot about that one. That was great. Was, was he doing a, a timeshare on stage with other, with other candidates? <laughs> yes, or? he was. He had some uh, like, multi-level you, marketing opportunities. Why do you okay. go to an event and not know? 
Well, I don't know. Glenn asked that same question, and I think the answer to it is, like, when you're in New Hampshire or Iowa this time of year, every time you go out to breakfast, there's another candidate there. Like, it's just you can't avoid these people if you're in these certain areas where people go. So I think that's kind of what happens a lot of times. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Because I don't want to see them when I I want to. I'm interested in voting. Imagine it's a Republican. You know you're voting for Trump or something, and you're just sitting in there like Seth Moulton's up there running his mouth about whatever. I want to eat my eggs. Like, that's it. Okay, uh, Tim Ryan is another one of these congressmen, 15th place. He's got a score of 21.6. He's kind of trying to run as a moderate again. And you see that we're hitting all these supposed moderates down here at the bottom. It's because the Democrats don't want them. They are not interested at all uh, in what they're they're pitching at this point. Uh, 14 is Tulsi Gabbard. I, I, you know, I feel like still there's a case a little bit for Tulsi Gabbard, maybe as a VP candidate. She's uh, she. See, she actually kind of interviews as like a foreign policy wonk, and she's very, uh, she's very non-interventionist. I would say. Yeah, but so I, I like, I like her foreign good. policy. Yeah. I hope she does well in the primaries because I'd like her to get that that anti-interventionist message out there and make that part of the election. Yeah, and I, you know, she's actually a relatively serious candidate. She's had a, a weird past, and she's kind of an interesting person, yeah. uh, to say the least. You know, you kind of think that, you know, she's telegenic. You'd think maybe she's going to make a little bit of noise. So far, it hasn't happened. I do. I feel like she's going to get one of those little bumps at some point and, and maybe get into the high single digits for a little bit. If she she has a lot too much baggage, I think, for a VP, which is kind of one of her problems. I, I, I think she's a little bit she's she has a decent amount of viewpoints that are out of the mainstream for the Democrats as well as Republicans. So it's, it's a little weird fit for a VP. But kind of an interesting candidate, I think. Andrew Yang is also in that same category. Again, Yang, if you've listened, if you watched his Ben Shapiro interview, uh, you'll get two things. One, you'll say, wow, this guy actually showed up to an interview with Ben Shapiro. And Shapiro's asking him deep policy questions, and he knows the answers to them. I don't like his answers on a lot of the stuff, but it's at least impressive that he showed up. But the other part is, in that interview, it shows his weakness as a Democratic candidate in that, like, there's no chance that people are going to accept these policies. They're way too sane at times. Like, this is not what the Democrats want right now out of a primary guy, especially someone they don't know. I mean, Joe Biden could come up with some of these policies and maybe they go along with it. But like Andrew Yang, you're getting over a big hump. His main thing has been this universal basic income. But when you look at the details of it, it's not the... It's not the fever dream of the left. It is a version where, you know, it's more like it's more like the libertarian kind of version of it, which I still don't prefer. It's not my favorite thing that libertarians have ever uh, proposed. But, but, but compared to a big labyrinth thing, yeah. nine different exactly. federal agencies, it's getting a lot rid of all, all these agencies. Yeah. Can you imagine the Democratic primary audience being like, you know what? Yeah, let's we'll, we'll absolutely get rid of 12 agencies for $1,000 a month to everyone. Like, it's just not happening. There's no way that's going to catch on. But, of course, I've said that but before. He, but he's, he is very clever, though, about managing. He's probably going to get into the debates. Like he is in. He, yeah. he, he's he, in already. He's, he's respect that. looking at all of those different rules and regulations smart. and things. Yeah. And, like, I, he, he might get far in the process, I think. And I would say likable, too. I, I really liked yeah. him after the interview, even though I wouldn't agree with him on much. Uh, Jay Inslee is a governor of, uh, I believe we're only at 12. I'm going to go faster. Jay Inslee, 30.4, governor of Washington, running a one-issue climate change campaign, basically. that He's like Lindsey Graham in 2016, right? Well, yeah. He was doing it on foreign policy. Inslee's just saying, hey, climate, climate, climate. Um, he blamed Donald Trump for the floods in Iowa last week. Like, this is what he's doing. So, I mean, I, you know, again, I don't expect much. John Hickenlooper, I, I, I could give the player card over to Andrew Heaton, who's a huge Hickenlooper guy. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of, I'm on a spectrum of, like, Cato to Brookings. So yeah. I kind of like the stodgy, moderate technocrat guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he strikes me as being a pro-business Democrat who's, like, you know, he's willing to uh, go into these various things, but he's not getting into the kind of screechy, progressive, extremities so I, yeah. I, I, I like him yeah he, I mean he's he, he's a brewer um, in this field in brewer, this yeah, there you go 
in this field or in the Soviet Union, he would be a moderate. I don't know outside of those two things where he'd be a moderate, but he is, you know, certainly the left, I think, of, uh, of uh, every Republican candidate um, for the most part. But, you know, he's, he is not, he's to the right of the field here, which is interesting because, again, another moderate. I'm sticking down here at, at, you know, 11, 12, 13. These people are all down at the bottom so is he for the a top reason. moderate at this point? Uh, well, in, you know, Biden. Depending on where the, it depends if you, if what you think of a Biden. Biden. Yeah. Uh, 10, Julian Castro. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be happening for Castro. No, it doesn't. He does have a little bit of sort of establishment support, so maybe something can catch on, but it's not happening so far. Same thing with Gillibrand at number nine. She's got a score of 38.1. It's just Still not there. working. She can, she's, there are polls where she's not even showing up. She's a sitting U.S. senator from the same state the last uh, presidential candidate came from. Uh, she, she's in the news all the time, but people hate the fact. I mean this seriously. What's really hurting her campaign is people hate the fact that she called for Al Franken to resign. Mm. Activists within the party are pissed off that she, she applied the Me Too standards yeah. to their person. And they're saying, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have called for that. He could have made it through. Oh, they're still hot over And they're that. pissed over that. And That's again, crazy. like, take, it, take a step back. If this Me Too thing is real, which a lot, with a lot of these Democrats, it isn't. Some, some it is. Um, but if it's real, like, this is a woman who told her truth with photographic evidence about a powerful man taking advantage of her in a time of vulnerability. And the Democrats themselves, the activists, are rejecting the woman who called her out on it. It's really unfair to Gillibrand from that, if you look at it from that perspective. But it is just, she's not catching on. Uh, eight, Klobuchar. Again, Klobuchar, I would say, you could say, is in the moderate wing as well. Is she? Is she she's um, not a blue dog, is she? Uh, she's in the borderline. You know, we talked to is Mike it, Lee. Uh, you had yeah. him on as well, I know. Uh, we talked to Mike Lee, uh, the whole field, who, who would respect the, comp- uh, the Constitution the most out of the Democrats, and he cited Klobuchar. Mm, okay. um, so, I mean, you kind of look at her as, you know, he likes working with her. She's been, she's got, uh, she's taken a couple of moderate stances, and she has a great electoral history. I mean, she's blown away the competition in Minnesota in a state that Trump almost won. Uh, number seven, Elizabeth Warren, 45.3 out of 100. Again, she's pandering about trying to show how Game of Thrones proves we need powerful women. I mean, she is cringeworthy at every step. It's unbelievable how good she is at it. Every time she does something, she just makes me cringe. Uh, number six is Cory Booker, 54.9. A lot of people are trying to sell Booker as the positive candidate out of the Democrats. I don't know that I've seen all that much about that, but uh, they're saying it's not working and the Democrats don't want it. <laughs> Whatever Cory Booker is doing is not working in the Democrats. Shoving people out of the way to get on camera. <laughs> yes, every yes. Single thank you, thank you. The most dangerous place in America between a camera and Cory Booker. <laughs> Number five, Robert Francis O'Rourke. He's at a 60. I, you know, one wow. of his strengths, you know, he's still mid-range in the polling, even though he's had this big fall off. He's still very good as far as fundraising. Um, so he has some benefits there, but it really feels like the shine is gone out of mm-hmm. Beto, except for her sweating. That's still there. But I mean, generally speaking, the, the shine has gone off the candidacy. And he's going to have to, if he's spending this time being frugal and trying to figure out what he believes in life, maybe that's a good thing because it doesn't seem to have a lot of policies. But he's, he, he's, something's going to have to happen for him to reignite this thing, because it really does seem like it's fallen off. Largely gone to our number four, who is at 62.9 out of 100, Pete Buttigieg, uh, who is shockingly, I mean, I, I never would have guessed that this guy would have been able to get to the top four at any point in this campaign. He's beating Beto right now. Uh, he is beating Beto. He is, uh, he is beating almost everybody, really, except the very top tier. He's showing up very well in, in polling. He's polling well in Iowa. He's polling well nationally. Uh, his fundraising is shockingly good. This is a guy from the mayor. Mayor of South Bend raised $7 million. I mean, Beto only did nine, and he, everyone knows him for his fundraising. Mm-hmm. Again, the background behind Buttigieg, Obama was, was talking about him very early. He, a lot of people who are in his camp are seeing him as the future of the party, a big, a big step. He, he is the opposite of Trump when it comes to uh, you know, performance and uh, presentation. 
And they think they can make something out of this guy. Plus, there's just not a long uh, paper trail. There's just not a lot to criticize him. As you've seen so far, Democrats haven't really said anything bad about him yet. That is going to change, but it hasn't so far. Uh, Number three is Kamala Harris. She was our number one last week. She's at 68.6 out of 100. Is Kamala Harris fading fast, or is she uh, is she just planning the smart? Um, she's got a lot of fundraising, um, twice as many big donors as um, uh, from the Clinton and Obama campaigns as any other candidate. Twice as many. It's a big number. Oh. Uh, she seems to be the one they're coalescing around, but you know she's still moderate in polls and has not shown a lot of strength. Uh, number two, Bernie Sanders. He was our number two last week as well, sixty nine point two. Uh, he, people, one thing about Bernie Sanders is the fundraising, and he doesn't have to drop out of these races because he's got so many. He's at 600,000 individual donors, which is about four or five times as many as any other candidate. Oh, uh, so he is, has he's got money to burn. He's going to perform well in Iowa. He's going to at least take this to Super Tuesday, and this is a guy who's shown he does not want to drop out of this race at, uh, at any reason. And, of course, number one, first a debut on the polls at 78.8. That's nine points ahead of anybody else. So... He actually turned out really well in this model. Is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Yes, that's his middle name, Robinette. It's a. I've yeah. never heard uh, anyone else with it. Dropped one point with me. <laughs> yeah. Robinette's his middle name. Robinette. Oh, yeah. right. At least he doesn't have four names. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., so, so kind of a fourth name. Yeah. Uh, his polling still leads everybody, and you know, you look at he, his fundraising was bigger than anybody else on day one, which some people surprised about. You think the the energy of a Sanders or a Beto may have been that Sa- uh, Sanders was number uh, uh, one in total fundraising. Biden probably will beat him this quarter relatively handily. He's in a good position. Can Joe Biden screw it up? Absolutely. But he starts off with a, with a nice big lead. So Joe, Joe Biden's family crest should be a man in a necktie stepping on a rake. So his, <laughs> his capacity to screw this up, I think, is very high. He's not good at running for president. No, he's, he's, he's not good at that. Yes, he's, he's done it eight times or 12 times or 15 times, and he's won zero times. Just amazing. All right. Uh, back in a minute. Interesting to me, four out of the five top candidates are white guys. Uh-oh. I was Uh-oh. you guys know this, but you can actually own your home and put in a bunch of equity into it and then someone can show up at your door and be like, hey, we just bought your house and you're <laughs> Why didn't like, you get your furniture out of here? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And it's all because of a home title fraud. The FBI actually said that it's one of the fastest growing uh, crimes in the United States and I didn't even hear about it. I had no idea that this was something that could take place until we started talking with uh, Home Title Lock. Yeah, it's like one of those situations like identity theft was several years ago where you heard about it, you're like, who's going to take my stupid identity? I don't even want my own identity. Um, uh, but it, re- reality is, uh, I shouldn't have said that out loud, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> oh, we know. It. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, with home title fraud, it's the same thing. Like, it's kind of bubbling under right now. People don't know about it, but it's, it's exploding in, when it comes to numbers. And I know they call it an epidemic in New York right now. Um, so it's one of those things that if you can get out in front of it, you protect yourself now, you're never going to have to worry about it. Home title lock is right there at the gates of where these titles are held. So you just have to sign up with Home Title Lock and, and get get rid of the worry. Uh, you don't want to be the horror story. I mean, you hear the horror stories yeah. and you think, oh, that can't be me. And then it is. Right. <laughs> this is something that, you know, insurance companies don't protect against it. Identity theft programs don't protect against it. Uh, home Title Lock is the place to go. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com. Get a $100 search for free when you sign up so you can find out if you've already been a victim. Again, you wouldn't know it uh, unless you go to Home Title Lock. Go there now. Get that $100 search 
for free. Andrew, you said that you have the solution to all of our world's problems. I can't wait. Not to all of them, but oh. to some of them. To some of them, because there's something that's warping democracy right now, and, it, and I think it's worth investigating and thinking about. And that's, by the way, Twitter is what I'm going to be talking about. Um, so as, as a preface to this, we're often told that there's two types of people in politics. There's conservatives and there's progressives. That's not true. The two types of people are people that type in all caps on Twitter and all of us putting up with you. Those are the two types of people in American politics. I am firmly on the lowercase side of this. Uh, and if we backed up really far back, say like if we went back to like the, the Greek city-states, Volume was important. Like in Sparta, they made decisions by just people would bang shields and scream, and whatever was loudest was considered the best thing. And I think that's probably a really good solution if you've got 300 naked Greek people to try and figure <laughs> out how to run a country. When we've got, what are we up to? We're up to like 330 million in America or something. Mm -hmm. That's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, Twitter's really good at augmenting volume from super ideological people, but it's not emblematic of the actual people voting in the United States and the actual opinions of people in the United States. Now, I, I'm an opinionated person. I, I'm, I'm an ideologue. I think like everyone in our circle that's in media or politics probably has very um, clearly delineated ideas of what we want and what we don't want. We're actually kind of a rarity in that regard. Most of the American public doesn't really think like that. Most of the American public's a little bit more squishy, doesn't have these firm constellations there. But more to the point, even if you're, you're looking at Twitter as just the more active people, it's not it's not indicative of, say, what like a, con a congressman's district looks like. Because if you're a congressman and you're looking at just your Twitter feed, you're seeing mostly angry people mm -hmm. and people that are very, very, very firmly opinionated. You're not necessarily seeing like the pancake breakfast or things like that. With, uh, with Democrats specifically, um, Twitter tends to be more liberal, more educated, wealthier, and whiter in terms of the Democrats or the progressives that are commenting. So when you're looking, when you're on Twitter and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so progressive, it's not actually indicative of the, the whole broad spectrum of, of people uh, that are part of the progressive movement when it comes to conservatives. It tends to be people that are urban and are more ideologically bent. So my point is, if you're in politics and you're looking at Twitter, this is a poor way to try and ascertain what your constituents are actually thinking about. Because what you're doing is you're seeing the angry people and you're seeing the loud people. I would rather congressmen go hang out at the, you know, the local pancake breakfast, the Elks Lodge, whatever, and talk to people. From our vantage point, uh, as American citizens, what I would suggest, what I'm doing this year, what I recommend that you do too, is every time you do a political tweet, pledge a dollar to some charity. I'm going to do that at the end of the year. I'm going to count how many political tweets I've done and I'm going to donate money. I don't hey, make, we all did I that, we'd fix money. America. I don't make enough money for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make too many political tweets, I would be broke. I'm sorry, I can't. I have implemented the uh, once I tweet, I immediately sign out and close the app. I don't even have the app on my phone anymore. But so like, you, I, you just, you've light the match I right just, away? Yeah, I don't, just don't care. I don't care what anybody says. You know, like I'm no, I'm, no offense if you're tweeting to me. I just don't really read them because I just, I'm like, it's not, it's not real life. Get to your point, I think, Andrew. 2.2% uh, of American adults are responsible for 80% of tweets. Wow. I mean, that's how crazy it is. 2.2%. This is a bunch of people who really like Twitter and like, look, Twitter has some cool things about it. There's sure. parts of yeah. it that I really like. But I, I mean, it, it, it the issue here, I think, almost more than the actual use of Twitter, is the way the media uses it yes. as a proxy for journalism. Yeah. I mean, like, instead of getting a comment from someone, they just say, oh, they tweeted this, therefore that's the comment I'm going to put in the story. And then it gets magnified to the entire country. Twitter is used as essentially uh, the, 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 the heartbeat of America when it really isn't. Well, I mean, we've used, look, we've, we've thought about this with uh, email for years, right? I mean, with the, the activists uh, find oh, something yeah. that they're against, and then they have 10 people uh, email, thousands of emails to a company, and the company feels like all these people care about it, so they have to act. 
That's Twitter now, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of people tweet at something, and now the companies feel like they have to act because they've got all these people. Mm -hmm. No, it's really not all these people that use your product that are complaining. Yep. It's only this little group over here. Uh, I also would add, you said 2.2% of people are responsible for 80% of the tweets. I feel like if you uh, looked into that and you saw maybe probably Donald Trump would be responsible for like 60% of those <laughs> yeah, tweets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the rest of us are only responsible for 20. <laughs> so it's not as bad, you're yeah. saying. Okay. <laughs> right, back in a minute. He'd be 60% of the ones that are covered. Yeah, because he probably starts the vast majority. Stu, yes. you said that uh, there's a big socialism episode coming up for there is yeah. uh it's wednesday night uh may day you know new netflix has a documentary coming out uh, about aoc on may 1st which is a odd wednesday release i wonder why they did it mm. i can't even think of a reason why you do that um strange but uh you know what that's what the rest of the world wants you to see they want to see this flowery presentation of socialism uh this is going to push back on this not only is it going to tell you the real results of socialism but one of the a plan of one particular country in Europe that, that switched in just a few years through the rules. It wasn't to take over, it wasn't violent, it was just going through the rules. How, what was that blueprint like and is it being applied here today? Spoiler alert, yes. So see how that works, it's, it's really fascinating. It's, uh, Wednesday night. I gotta tell you, uh, if AOC is your flowery presentation of socialism, I think you're pretty much screwed <laughs> at that point. That woman is dumb. Hope you're right. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, uh, Jeffy, stew with the blah, 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 blah. Oh, now yeah. we finally Never. get I to did my you. best to for the audience to filibuster as long as possible to get Jeffy's uh, talk out of, <laughs> out of the main show. So you're welcome. I'm wow, you made up three or four of those people. Yeah. I, they, uh, all I wanted to talk about was being falsely accused, uh -huh. which I'm well aware of happening here at this network. Right. But no, Ashley Foster in Ohio, uh, in the parking lot of Target with her two kids. Police come up, say, hey, aren't you Ashley Foster? And they arrest her. Um, what are you arresting me for? Oh, you're guilty of trafficking heroin, and we're going to take your kids too. But no, that's not me. That's not me. So what? You're the same person. Here's the paper. See? No, that's the wrong address. That's not me. Yes, it is. Off she goes. Mm. Handcuff her in front of her kids. One little kid is still oh, like eight weeks old, little baby. <gasps> oh my God. Doesn't matter. They don't care. They take him away. They call CPS, they take her away. She's in jail for seven days. Oh my God. County jail. Uh, two different jails. She keeps asking, what's going on? What am I here for? Oh, that's somebody else. They're coming to get you. They finally take her to another county jail. What am I here for? I don't know. That's somebody else. They're coming to get you. Finally, the police chief interviews her. Oh, you know what? It is another Ashley Foster. <gasps> Thanks for your time. Gosh darn it. Did they get a Thank, gosh darn it? Thanks for your time. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I... Your car is still at the Target parking lot. I guess the best thing out of the whole deal is they didn't tow her car. Still at the <laughs> Did Target she get a ride lot. to it? Um, it had a flat tire in the parking lot of Target. And uh, CPS still had her kids, and they're coming to uh, uh, interview her to see if she's worthy of getting her kids back. Shut up. Uh, oh, and by the way, since she didn't show up for work for those seven days, uh, she lost her job. Uh, wow. So I hope, oh that, I hope that Ashley yeah. owns uh, this county and town in Ohio. Now. Yes. Now, look, I know mistakes happen. I get it. Mistakes happen. Yep. Uh, no question. 
and and I, and, I, and I feel bad. And and look, she had the same name, Ashley Foster. Uh, all the things. Ashley was spelled different, I think, and it was a different address. Oh my, that's inexplicable, though. I mean, I, but the, for the, for seven the name days, being spelled wrong is a completely unacceptable mistake. Yeah. I mean, like the address, people have different addresses. They don't typically change their name legally to something that sounds gotcha. like. I mean, that's. It's, but I'm just saying the that you know is something that's very easily. Yeah. All you but know. for seven days, and then to get a, I mean, wouldn't it, even a even a hey will take you to CPS and say, uh, we falsely arrested her, give her her kids back. Yeah. There's no investigation that needs to happen here. Oh, by the way, uh, I know you lost your job. At least maybe go with her and say, uh, you know, is there a way to give her a job back? Yeah, we we nice. had her arrested. Like Wouldn't it be or nice? Something, yeah. Yeah, something. Something instead like of, hey, thanks for your time. I know, look, I think that that time. may happen. Like, I would not be surprised if the update on the story tomorrow is she got her job back and and maybe this stuff gets fast-tracked, but that's still, it's an unacceptable time period there. A week is way too long right. to figure out that the mm-hmm. name is is spelled differently. Can, can they pinpoint the police officer that dropped the ball on this one? Because I feel like well, I would there was a warrant. there was a warrant out for Ashley Foster, right? So the only difference, like I said, I'm pretty sure that the first name was spelled different, but it was still Ashley Foster. I mean, it was still yeah. the same Right, but, but if she's saying that's not even the right address... It's just, that's, you're just another criminal denying it's you, right? I will say that they probably do hear that from 75% right. of the criminals who say, that's not me, you got the wrong guy. Like, I mean, that's right. probably pretty common. That is maybe, maybe you could understand a few hours of that. Absolutely. Right? Right. Like, maybe you could understand a few hours of, like, trying to figure out, oh, crap, okay, this is not the right person. A week is completely uh, unacceptable. And common, you know, look, I know you're right. We hear it all the time. And, and every time I get arrested, I deny, deny, deny. Yeah, that's what I've been... You used to carry a card about so a lawyer. I still have it in my wallet. You get, I, in my, in my, was, it was yeah, when, whenever I say good morning, you say, no, I didn't. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why, Jeffy? Am I, am I under arrest? Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> um, but you're in a parking lot of Target. She's got two kids. It may be just a common sense of let's look into it a little bit before we haul her off. Yeah, maybe I mean, just wait just you, a if you really want to be aggressive, maybe you follow her. Uh, make sure you don't let her out of your sight. Right. Like, I mean, if you really are committed, like even that is like borderline. You make a mistake. You put her in the back of the car. You make a couple phone calls and you realize that it's, it's the wrong person. You let her back out. And, you know, they, she probably filed this giant lawsuit. And I'd actually be on the police's side, probably, if, the, if they, it was a minor mistake and it took a couple of hours out of her time. I mean, it is true. These mistakes happen. happen. Absolutely. But come on, a week? That's with, a, a with an 18 month uh, or a sick, would you say 18 month old? Eight week old. A little baby. Oh my, I, I, I bet you they're gonna, the kids are probably going to remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, well, maybe not the the older kid. No. Yeah. Maybe not I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how kids work. They're, resi- <laughs> they're resilient. They get through it. Uh, God, that's incredible. It's just amazing. It's, it's incredible, just incredible to me. And I mean, it also brings up the um, the conversation that I feel like I get a lot of pushback from very staunch conservatives that you know whatever the police tell you to do, you should do it. Police are, uh, are the police, At and the time they're, they're the they're boss, and they're the authority, and you need to... Oh, he doesn't have the card anymore. It's, it's, read it's in me. my wallet, but I don't have my wallet on me yet. It is legitimately a step-by-step thing of what to say and what not to say when you're arrested. Yeah. And I would be the same way, because I'm very deferential to police officers. I, most of these cases, I believe them, uh, honestly. Like, I can see their side on almost all these things. I'm definitely a, a you know, pro-police, uh, and you know, maybe sometimes too much, so I, I can admit it. Um, but... It does. It, there's no value in in your life. It does not add value in your life to tell them things that that you don't have to tell them. It never does you right. any yeah. good. Right. right. Like there's never a good outcome unless there's you, no you reason to always el- be respectful, no to always elaborate. be nice. There's oh, no reason yeah. to elaborate right. because again, like you don't know what what they're trying to get you on. You don't know if they're trying to get someone else near you. You, you don't know what the deal is and. 
you know, you know there's no need to 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 volunteer information, right? Um, because a lot of times it can be used against you. And if you say something that's wrong, they can later on, as we've seen in so many times in politics, they can just they can make your crime just you misstating something. You know, you were trying to hide something. I know there was no underlying crime, but we got we got you on obstruction. It makes right? me crazy. So many so many television shows, uh, you know, make it seem like when the police come to your door and you say you don't have a warrant, no, and they make you, the in TV shows make the the homeowner look like the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the cops are good. You know the police officers in the show. Those guys are good. They just want to catch the bad guy. Yeah, and if you, or, or, the, or they'll pull out, like, well, you forgot a little thing called the Patriot Act. Yeah. Like, you get that, and it's like, that's not how that works. At least not how it's supposed to work. We're just like, oh, terrorists, I can come in. I'd you know? say, too, like, you know, the police, I think, rightfully so, should get more respect than they do in most situations, uh, particularly when it's coming to Absolutely. arrests and things yes. like this. Like, I think a lot of times people get pissed off, understandably, at times, but, like, you have to handle those interactions better, and I think it's important to teach your kids to make sure that they, they always act with respect because, I mean, officers deserve that. But if you want to improve relationships with the public, doing away with uh, things like taking people's property without even charging yes. them would be a nice step. You know what I mean? These these ba- these are basic functions that should not be occurring when it comes to uh, civil asset forfeiture yeah. and such. Like that's so ridiculously over the line. You can understand why people are hesitant. I mean, the only good thing to come out of this is that they didn't tow her car right at the Target lot. Instead, yeah. she didn't have to go and pay the impound uh, lot for her car. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was really kind of them. I, I thought so. It's probably because I had a flat I, tire. I, I'd add to that that when when someone has a tremendous amount of power, there is also an intended amount of responsibility. Yep. So when there when there is a screw up, you there heard should that be, from Spider Man. Yes, exactly. I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> if, if if there's a screw up, there should be some sort of uh, there should be some sort of, of consequence to it. And more specifically, when there are nefarious cops, and I agree with you, I think the mass majority of cops are, are good in doing their best. But when there is a nefarious cop, yeah, that's um, If there's some kind of regulation shielding them, that's not okay. They need yeah. to be you know they need to be removed from the equation and. Get given really swift, nasty justice. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I heard that, Stu, you have a, a Game of Thrones with you. Oh, that's a Stu. Uh, okay, so did, do both of you watch Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, I don't. Uh, well, you should listen to uh, Talking Thrones, uh, my podcast that I do. Uh, yeah, which I was days, convinced so. was about toilets. I thought for sure <laughs> you were doing a podcast about toilet no, quality. Not, not that that isn't possible. Uh, this one isn't. <laughs> After the season, though, you got the domain, you know. Um, yeah, I think uh, I know. I, so this is an experiment. I don't know if you heard this, Andrew, but it's an experiment. Basically, I have joined Game of Thrones with absolutely no knowledge. I've no never watched an episode, and it started with season eight, episode one. Okay. Right. So I don't know any of the characters. I don't understand any of the plot lines or okay. references. Okay. Uh, it that's is just how good his review is. <laughs> is, it, is it that good? Because I don't even know if it climbs to that. I, uh, so there was a, you know, I, we won't get into any spoilers, um, but there was a big battle. How are you not getting, okay, could you? Uh, <laughs> to have spoilers. What's that? No. Spoilers. No, no yeah. spoilers. The show aired last night. I know, that's what I mean. That's not enough time. You could, no, I guess you could, right. like, you could, okay, oh. all right. A, not, it is not enough. A, a month? I'm I don't just, know. I'm just, I'm in my head, I'm thinking of what details you should admit. I'm sure you're, sure you're going to do a fine job. Glenn did go through and do a checklist of things that I could say. He's like, all right, you can't say this, this, or this. So I, I abandoned wow. those. Um, there's a few things at the end that obviously, uh, that yeah. I guess were important. Although I can't tell you why. I don't know why, because I don't know who these people are. I, ha- I am fascinated to see, it's interesting to see people's reaction to it. Because, you know, shows that are huge, like Game of Thrones is, are not as huge as they used to be. It's not MASH, right? Like, it's not like 60% of the population are watching these shows. I think it's 18 million. I was actually, yeah, I was actually surprised that the numbers were as 
low as they were. It's pay TV, though, right? I mean, no, right. I mean but it's still it's great. Still the number one show, great, yes, you know, absolutely. Uh, certainly when it comes all to all using buzz. Jeffy's mom's HBO account. Yes, yeah, yeah, probably, every yeah. one of us. <laughs> just, yeah. Wait a second, I feel chipped. I don't have that. Uh, so it's interesting to see people's reaction because people who don't watch it think, you know, it's just funny that I'm being, you know, Glenn's making me do this, and I'm trying to get through it, and I really, it's really hard to piece together because I don't know their names. They don't say their names to each other. Why would they? Everyone knows who they are on the show except for me because I don't know any of the background but the people who watch the show really appreciate it because it really makes me look like an idiot <laughs> i will say though it's it's an interesting experiment jumping in like this because these shows are made for binging yeah right and so people i don't even think they're planning anymore there is no attempt to bring me up to speed uh, no attempt. They're not even trying to give no, me like a flashback or a backgrounder you're, or you're anything. Yeah. I don't, you know how many people, names I know on the show? Two. And Glenn told me one of them was wrong. You won't tell me which one, but one of them is wrong. You should know more than that, yeah, though, which, which two are they, they do say, yes, they do. They, they don't say, say yes, names. they do. They, John Snow is one of them. Yes. And then I, I was saying his name was Zacharias or something, and Glenn's like, no, that's not his name. It's, uh, it's not Zacharias. I don't know who he was, uh, but, and I won't say anything about what happened, uh, but uh, I thought he was a person, and he apparently was not. Okay. No, so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, they don't like. I know, like, I, like Angry Elf is on the show, and I was, I yes. revealed that in season eight, episode three, I thought this was a big revelation. Glenn didn't seem so impressed that Angry Elf was married to the redhead at some point in the past, gotcha. which okay. I thought yeah, was yeah. pretty amazing because they do not look like a good couple at all. Yeah. Like, I, I was yeah. like, that's incredible. Like, that, fact, how did he get her? The the Tinder matchmaking was a whole different game. Yeah, right? it really part was. of the argument with that is that we we just found out too that they were actually no longer married. Because some of that uh, backstory was that some people thought that they may still have been married. Oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, I, mean, they, I, they, they did say that they seemed yeah, like a, a, they had they some were. fights. Yes. And she apparently got married a bunch of times because she made a comment yeah. to that effect uh, there. Uh, but, you know, so Angry oh, yeah. Elf was, was, uh, was married, which was pretty cool. And then uh, there's, there's one or two other big revelations that I found in there uh, that no one else seemed to think were big were big revelations, and I, I don't understand that. But, I mean, it was pretty cool. You had the, you had the blondie queen lady who's like the Siegfried and Royd of dragons, um, and uh, she's pretty impressive. Uh, and, you know, the, I will say the battle scene's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, they spent a lot of money, yeah, a lot of time. A lot of money. Like 55 nights of battle shooting, man. For yeah, this that, was, that was like, yeah. like eight, eight, eight or nine 1980s blockbusters worth of yes. funding oh, yeah. went into that. Though I will say they, they did cut some corners uh, in, in cost. Like, for example, hey, let's light all the swords on fire. And then they all go far away battlefield and they all, all, all the swords uh, go out. Again, it's a minor spoiler, I guess, if you're watching it, but not, my, not by much. Uh, and like that's just a way to not have to pay for that battle, right? Like they're just like. Oh, no, I disagree. I think that was a great way of uh, no, a cool. harbinger of the the them being snuffed the, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was very good, cool. It was nor'easter. Yeah, it was absolutely impressive. Like I, like the it was so dark though. Like, and I don't mean dark as far as like negative. I mean just dark. I know it happened at night, but usually when you're watching TV shows that happen at night, you can still see what's occurring. Like this was like a lot of times there'd just be like chaos face, chaos face, cut head cut off face, cut off. It, like all right, that's I can't tell what's going on, and I don't know who's dying, and I don't know who the people are. That's it's so sad. It so, I know that's what made it so fascinating, though, is that when you come back around, you see who survived and who didn't in this battle. Yes, and I, I, there's one point in the middle, I'm like either every big character is dying or none of them are dying, and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> and they, and and for I, you, we can't spoil. I don't listen to Talking Thrones, my podcast, yeah. seriously, because this is agonizing, not being able to spoil things but like, we've it's got. It's sh- driving me it's crazy. a show about zombies, which I had no idea about. It's well, yeah, basically the, yeah, a show about zombies. It's, the White Walkers are, yeah. This, this is what it is. It's, it's a show about Norman Conquest England. 
truly, mm. with zombies and dragons. And that's why it's such a brilliant show. Huh. Can, I, can I run through this real quick? Am I, oh, it must yeah. have been your turn. Yeah, no, please. Right, okay, so there's, there's the Starks and there's the Lannisters. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait see that? You're going to explain yeah, all the background. I can't yeah, you hear can't this. Do that. Okay, so th- there's, there's two big houses, mm-hmm. Stark and Lannister. People at home know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They're House of York and House of Lancaster. Yeah, well, he's not supposed it's, to. It's, yeah, it's, he's it's, he's the, it's the, the Tudors. I bet you know British history, though. Oh, if you're going to get I'm trying to suck in with that. You're not going to give me background. I'm going to try to piece this thing back together. I don't know that I should have that. Didn't they do a series called The Tudors, though? Didn't they just do this? It was like recent. It was less accurate. Game of Thrones is more accurate. More accurate than the actual show. Too many corners with the Tudors, yeah. The Game of Thrones is more accurate. There you go. The dragons. They all want zombies. The dragons represent. Present poverty. I don't know. It's, it's, it's you know. It's it's, uh, it's they took some liberties. Have you had Andrew Heaton on Talking Thrones yet? No, I have not. We have. I mean, I, it's not really a guest. He's right the show, here. He's, you could just ask him. I mean, it's not really a guest. Right I can just the sit show. there quietly while you talk. Can I do that? If that yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, why don't you come on next week? Yeah, next that's Monday. good. i every. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Friday's poll. What is the most important <laughs> issue heading into 2020? This is not surprising. 69% of you said immigration. Uh, 17% said economy. 8% said healthcare. 6% said gun rights. I actually am surprised by the healthcare and the gun rights thing. I would think that those would be swapped. That more people would be concerned with gun yeah, rights than healthcare. Yeah, because I mean immigration. I mean. That, that is interesting. I mean, I guess just top of the news is probably yeah. the explanation yeah. for that more than anything else. Because if, if Bernie Sanders you know, or Kamala Harris you know, become president, your gun rights are going to be, they're going to at least try to restrict them. We well, know what, what was interesting. pretty good on gun rights, isn't it? Bernie had, in the past used to be, because he, he, you know, one of the only state in America that does not have um, uh, a um, concealed carry license, not because they don't offer them, but because everyone just gets them, you don't need to get a concealed carry license, is Vermont. Like, that's how far they are when it comes to gun rights. They're way down that road because, you know, most people wouldn't think that. You think of, nationally, you think Vermont, Bernie Sanders, Ben and Jerry's. Like, you know, like, yeah. this is just not, does not seem like that place. But it, they're very, I mean, live free or die is their neighbor. And it's like, that, that's very much the attitude there. But Bernie, back in the day, was pretty good on guns. And he gets beat up in the primaries yeah. about it. Yeah. But he's really turned into a normal Democrat on that. I also saw, um, I forget which outlet it was, but some mainstream media outlet. And they tweeted, it was an opinion piece. But someone from their outlet tweeted uh, an article to a story. And it was that Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris owns a handgun. And yeah, that yeah. should prevent her. That should disqualify her from becoming president. She owns a handgun and likes Israel. I mean, God, throw her out of the party, let yeah. alone make her, make her president. And she also questioned uh, letting uh, letting uh, convicts vote. So, I mean, mm. she, she said we should have that conversation, but then she came back around as a former prosecutor and said, uh, you know, maybe we should not, I really don't want them to vote. I know we're running late, but can I get the Andrew Heaton position on the Bernie Sanders? I'm interested to hear your opinion on what, I know, because I know Jeffy, of course, would say convicts can vote no matter what, because he's <laughs> one of them. Um, but like, because uh, there's the the normal way that we kind of do it now, which is you know they get felons can't vote uh, even after they get out. There's that kind of next step over, which I feel like is where a lot of America is, which is you, you can't vote when you're in prison, but once you're out, you've paid your dues, and then you can you can vote again. Or the Bernie Sanders position is like you know, uh, you know Boston bomber in prison casting votes in prison. Where are you on that? Uh, you know what? I, I, I recognize that the majority of the country is probably in that you get to vote when you leave type camp. Yeah. I think you should be able to vote while you're there. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm viewing it like this. Like, if you go to prison, you don't quit being an American citizen. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that's on the table where we're, like, we're internally exiling people and going, you are now stateless. You have no citizenship until you leave. We should. If, <laughs> I thought you were on the oh, other side. Wait, I'm on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Role, you're I think if you're a citizen, that's part of being a citizen. I don't think that gets taken away from you. I, I also think that from a... 
from an electoral perspective, because I, I, I had a viewer on the show ask me about this, and, and he, okay. he, he asked, would, um, do you think that that would seriously influence politics to where like, congressmen would be swinging by convict or you know, yeah. penitentiaries? I don't think it would be that, that much of a thing. But I will say, like, if you go to like, Oklahoma, where, where I'm from, that has the highest incarceration rate in the country, in a country that has the highest incarceration rate in the world, I do think you'd see some changes in, in that I suspect Oklahoma probably would have legalized nonviolent drug offenses a lot quicker. Um, what, what we did was we just blundered into um, kind of a, a resolution on medical marijuana. I think you would have seen that happen faster because there were enough people that were locked in, in prison for, you know, because they, they got into meth or something. So I, I do think there'd be some effect. But overall, though, my main thing, though, is I think if you're a citizen, you get to vote, and that doesn't change if you're in prison. I mean, but you're, if you're a citizen, you get to move around freely, and that does, right? Mm-hmm. You get, if you're a citizen, you get to have Second Amendment rights, and right? You may and not be, you may not actually be a citizen of the state or the county or the city that you're in prison in. Well, that's, that's true, too. Right. That, that's totally so, separate. The non-citizen definitely wouldn't yeah, be. But if I, yes, right. I'm, I'm, well, not, I'm not implying that if you're, if you're an illegal immigrant and you're no, a no, resident... No, no, but I mean, no, 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 but I mean vote. people are in prison in places where they don't yeah. reside. No, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can get an absentee ballot. Yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. I, mean, I, would, I would say, too, like I... I I, my whole life, I think I've mostly been like, no, you, you freaking commit a felony and you never vote again. You don't commit a felony, right? I, lately, I've been coming more to the Andrew Heaton side, and actually, was a little like uh, a little. I got I, one. I that far? You know, like you a little bit. Right? And there. here's why. <laughs> here's here's why. I think if you are imprisoned, right? Um, let's just say, for example, let's just take a crazy example. Uh, they make conservative commentary. Uh, they essentially go after that, and they say, like, and they start imprisoning people mm-hmm. on political terms. Mm-hmm. Like you, because you're in prison, you are the, a person who might be voting based on their conditions in prison, right? You might be voting on the law you were imprisoned on, and like you should be able to to have input on whether that law should be changed, and maybe support politicians on, uh, you know, that would say, you know, what I think that that's wrong, and, and we should overturn that. I don't think there'd be a lot of pandering to prisons. I don't think it would make, honestly, much, if any, electoral difference at all. I think it would be more, mostly a symbolic gesture. I'm not, I don't know that I'm there, but it's, it's, you've got me at least thinking about it the last, uh, the, the last few months. Because, I, you know, let's just say, like, you get to this crazy world where they start throwing people in prison for their political opinions. Should those people, I mean, that's a great way to not have them voting, right? Like, you come up with a way to throw, you know, the evil conservative into prison on some technicality. All of a sudden, the evil conservative is no longer voting and has no representation whatsoever. That's an extreme example, but I think, I think even, like, even if you think it's drugs, right? Like, and you think, I should be able to do these drugs, you should be able to vote for politicians who say, legalize drugs. And you might not win, but at least you should be able to have input in that process. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm wavering on that one. Uh, so you guys can send all of your hate tweets to, to Andrew at Heaton. Of Stew and at Mighty Heaton. At Mighty Heaton. And as previously established, I won't read them if they're in all caps. <laughs> and I don't believe they're emblematic of the bulk of the American people. All right, today's poll. What did you watch this weekend? Avengers Endgame. This is a weird poll. Avengers Endgame, Game of Thrones, Trump rally in Wisconsin, or all of the above? How about none of the above? I didn't really? get to watch any of them. I had to watch Game of Thrones, or I would not have, but I was forced. That's true. And you're not a big Avengers fan. Oh, no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. What Game about you, Andrew? Game Just of Thrones, Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah, I watched Thrones, and I saw some of Trump's speech, and he is great as always. I mean that, President Trump. And uh, I did see walk past several lines going to another movie <laughs> to the, all the people waiting in line to get into Avengers. To Avengers, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to avoid spoilers until I, I'm going to go see it next weekend. So 
I'm trying to avoid spoilers until then. Get off of the socials. I know. You got to stay off the socials for that. Well, I also, I plan to go back and watch Game of Thrones at some point. So uh, last night, it was all anyone was talking about. And I would see a name from there, and I'd be like, scroll, scroll, oh, yeah. scroll, I just, scroll. I avoided it, though. Kim Kardashian tweeted uh, during Game of Thrones that, uh, hey, stay tuned. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians is coming up, like, in 45 minutes. And my favorite response was, hey, Kim, people are dying in Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about you, okay? Um, it was a really good Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode. <laughs> Wait, Let's so you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians instead of Game of Thrones? Oh, I cannot confirm. Sarah shouldn't be allowed to vote. Take your vote away. <laughs> Let us know what you think at the Blazes Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so the pedophile's in prison. Totally fine. Me. Should they be able to vote to change? Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.